recording. All right, awesome. gentlemen. Um, so welcome to the Reality Playground podcast. Uh, I am brand new at this. I'm, this is literally episode three, and you're my first. Yeah, you guys are actually my first guest who uh, aren't just some friends of mine uh, BSing. <laughs> so we're, uh, yeah, so nothing fancy, nothing crazy, but cheers. Uh, glad to have you on. Um, so, man, I stumbled upon you guys through Facebook. Um, and I saw the, the haunted Virgin house and it's funny to me because I grew up not too far away from there and I had no idea that a place existed until probably like a year and a half ago or so. Um, so I guess if you don't mind, let's just start out. You guys kind of, kind of tell me a little bit about yourselves and your history, kind of what got you here. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, yeah. So me and Mike are brothers, uh, 17 months apart. I'm 38. He just turned 37, right? I did. Yep. So, uh, so we've known each other obviously our whole lives and, um, we, we didn't grow up anywhere haunted or have anything like that happen to us when we were kids. Uh, what got me into the paranormal was unsolved mysteries, the original show with yeah. Robert, Robert Stack. Stack yeah. And, uh, and I've ever since then, I was kind of like obsessed with, you know, ghost books and finding books in the library and stuff like that. And, and Mike, he had an experience when he was, growing up working at a restaurant yeah i actually steve was into this way before i was um i worked as a manager at a local restaurant and one night when i was turning off the lights i had an experience where there was an apparition in front of me and that was really we heard rumors from older employees that the the restaurant was always haunted and you know it was just that it was just rumors nobody actually saw anything and then it wasn't until I, I had my back towards the kitchen. I was flipping some light switches. And when I turn around, something just kind of, it was right in front of me. It had its hands up. It was a real long kind of oblique face with giant, just black eyes and no real shape. There was no real outline to it. It was, I don't want to say it was misty, but it, it was, it was a shape, but it wasn't a shape. And it was real enough where I literally jumped back into the wall. Like I, I was knocked into the wall. I can imagine and so, yeah. It, it just, I, I was the only one there. And once I just kind of shook my head, realized what happened, like just trying to figure out what happened, like there was nothing there. And I literally ran out of the building. Um, I called my, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now. And immediately she just kind of asked me like, what, what's wrong? Like she said, just the tone in my voice, she hadn't, never heard me like that before and we were together for years at that point and um it just it was something that kind of just startled me to my core and and at the same time made me i guess kind of question it more like I, I never really thought about the paranormal experience we both grew up catholic um and we're raised catholic so we have that you know the heaven and hell and that was our background and um that was our version of the afterlife and you know you die you go one way or the other right. and Pretty i never try <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that's exactly what it was and i had never thought anything beyond that and i guess this was the first time i really was like what what's a ghost like is it like it was the first time i actually questioned whether it was real or not you know you're at i was at a point where i was like okay i was early 20, early mid 20s, I never cared about it. I never thought about ghosts. And I was just like, you know, okay, maybe ghosts are real. I have no idea. I, I didn't actively look for them. And then 
this happened to me and something just kind of like triggered, just clicked in my head where I was like, what, what is this about? Like, is it something so realistic? Is it, cause I, I'm a firm believer in science. Like I have a math degree. Things are very cut and dry for me. Like I, I, I'm very black and white and very logical when data, I come to like my- data oriented. And, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. like, that's why I do now. Like I, I work on computers. I work in Excel, like I'm working analytics and it's so for something that I couldn't get to an answer, something where it's, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. And, and it, it kind of, it was something that I had never dealt with before. And it was just the more I thought about it, the more I talked to Steve about it and some of the other employees. And there, there's one other um, member of our group who used to work with me there too. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about stories and it, uh, that just kind of led me down this road of, all right, I, I kind of want to find more, more out, more about this. So I, I guess I'm probably jumping the gun uh, quite a bit here, but are you any close to finding your answer about what a ghost is? Or is, are you still in the search of? That's a good question. That, that's a really good question. And it's one that I go back and forth with all the time. So like I mentioned, we were raised Catholic. Um, I don't necessarily, I, I wouldn't call myself an atheist. Like I do believe there is something beyond this world, but I don't necessarily know what it is. I I don't follow the Catholic belief system. Um, So I guess, and I I was actually talking with my, our mom about this because she's still very active in in the church and, you know, just goes down that path. She, she has a strong faith in her and just trying, okay, when we die is, okay, is a person who is a spirit, somebody that's waiting to go to heaven or hell? Like, is this, are they stuck in this world as some sort of like purgatory? Or is this just something like, at one point I was like, well, maybe you, maybe nothing happens after you die. Like you're, you're just dead. But then throughout our investigations, like there has just been too much stuff, which I just, can't explain as coincidental or a light coming out of my glasses or, or just things like that. There's a, there's just too many things for me to think that there is nothing in this paranormal world. And that just, that's kind of what keeps us going. Like we've had great investigations. We've had not great investigations where we're just, it ends up being, you know, five of us hanging around sure. in a quiet place, like with nothing going on. And that's just the nature of this game. So to answer your question, yes, I think I, I I definitely believe that there is something beyond just we live, we die, we go to heaven or hell. And I, I definitely believe that there is some sort of world beyond this world that still interacts with the world that we're physically in. Like there, there's just too much for me to believe that that isn't the way and and you know that's that's my personal belief um you know we're as a group we're not out to try and make everybody a ghost believer you know everybody has their belief systems everybody believes their own version of the afterlife and we're not trying to change that from anybody we're just a group of friends who share the same interests and want to want to do this together and worst case scenario if we have a boring night and there's no evidence happening and there's, there's nothing going around. And, you know, it ends up being five of us hanging out, ribbing on each other, telling stories. Right. And like 
So it, it's it's we're big, uh, we're big Simpsons fans. So we're big Simpsons fans. We'll start a bit and we'll continue with it, and he'll jump on. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Well, we're of the same generation, so I'm 35. So <laughs> I, I get it. So I grew up on you know unsolved mysteries as well. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you remember that show uh, Sightings back in the day. Um, I, I, that's not ringing a bell, no. Oh, yeah. Well, they've got episodes on YouTube, old uh, VHS episodes there. They're pretty interesting. Um, What's the one with Leonard, Leonard Nimoy? It's um, Oh, In Search Of. Yeah. I've seen those on reruns, yeah. <laughs> so getting back to the, the, I guess I'll just call it a theory. Um, the theory of it, you know, ghosts possibly being some sort of, um, or spirits rather, uh, some sort of purgatory here. That's horrifying. Um, and for me, I mean, I, I'm a husband, a father. If I died and I'm stuck here, you know, searching for my family for eons or whatever it may be, like, gosh, man, that sounds horrifying. Um, so I guess I hope that's not the case, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think I think if I was going to be in purgatory, like, I don't know, put me in a place full of snakes and spiders or something. Just don't, <laughs> don't put me around my family who can't contact me, you know, but I see them all the time or whatever. Right. No, I, I got it. I mean, <clears throat> a husband and a father as well. And um, yeah. I don't know what you are, um, <laughs> but no, that that's exactly it. The, the idea of a spirit being somebody that's waiting to go to another dimension or a version of the afterlife or, or waiting to go somewhere else that, that is scary because, you know, as we have found and talked to other investigators or psychics or mediums and anything like that, you know, there are, you know, maybe a spirit doesn't know that they can go beyond this world. Maybe there is something larger keeping them in this world. It's just, you know, we've come across situations where we'll be asking questions to a spirit and we'll get some clear cut answers as to, you know, there, there's one particular example I can think of. We were having a great K2 session where we were getting some really good yes or no answers. And the questions we were asking, um, you know, one of them that always jumped out to me is, is there something that's keeping you in this house that won't let you leave? And it very clearly answered yes. And it just, it, you know, to your point, thinking about can something, is that what the spirit life is, is could there be something that for whatever reason wants to keep you in a certain location where you can't leave? Is there an evil spirit that, you know, is just, it's doing something with you. And and that is definitely something that I have thought about and I don't know an answer, but it, it, we've come across situations where it sounded like it could be the answer for some, for some version of the spirit we came across. So I have a friend that's from the Bronx that is 100% skeptic, right? So he's always wanting me to answer his questions <laughs> about what we think everything is. And he's, and he's got this super big Bronx accent. He's like, oh, what are these ghosts? What are they? You know, and uh, so I try to explain it like, I, I don't know what they are, but he's like, how come they don't appear when I ask them to appear? He came on one, one hunt with us and it was extremely disruptive. And so we kicked him out of all forthcoming hunts. But I explained it to him like, you know, tornado chasers, right? Uh, we know now more about what makes a storm, what creates a storm, the, the pressure conditions that are needed. And people go out and they're trying to study the tornadoes and, and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I can't just sit here and say, you know, I study tornadoes. Let's have, you know, here, 
I don't believe in tornadoes. I've never seen one. Make one appear. Make one appear in front of me. I don't know what the conditions are that are necessary for a tornado. I'm not, you know, some meteorologist. Right. But um, that's how I kind of liken it for him. He's like, oh, it's totally different. I actually think it's one and the same. I can't tell when something's going to happen, when we're going to hear footsteps of something that's not there. I've never seen a full-bodied apparition. I've only seen shadow people. You can't predict when someone's going to see that. And uh, I think it's just something that hasn't been found out yet. We just don't know enough about it. That's a good analogy. Yeah with a tornado yeah i like that and so hopefully, some, hopefully someday you know? yeah so t- to bring it back to the beginning again uh even the name of your group where does that dwell from that's actually uh so we are yeah we actually we, we um we're big heavy metal fans we like uh we like we just we were trying to think of uh, what's a cool name you know we did we did a couple investigations where we didn't we were just friends hanging out. Um, actually, our first one we did was the restaurant that we yeah. that I saw the um, figure in, and unfortunately, in the investigation, we didn't find anything. But those first couple, we didn't have a name, and then we were just like, "All right, you know, what, what do we like? We all like the same music." And one of the groups, we we were just basically listing off band names that, oh, if you add paranormal to the end of it, does it sound cool? And we like we love the band at the gates and that's literally where it came from hey right on okay so, so i mean if we're uh you know people joke around oh you guys ever get in trouble and i was like well if we can if we're big enough where we're gaining the attention of a very influential heavy metal band in sweden then okay we'll consider changing our name but for a group of five friends in buffalo you know going on these amateur ghost hunts and right well, the, the Swedes are pretty cool. I, I feel like they'd probably let you. <laughs> They'd be pretty cool, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm familiar with some of the equipment that you guys use. And uh, my only knowledge of that comes from the show Ghost Hunters back in the early 2000s. Um, yep, yep. I'm sure you guys are probably privy to that in some way. Very influential. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, so, you know, I, I know about the EMF detector. Um, so I don't know if you guys don't mind just kind of talking a little bit about that. Because uh, I heard you mention the K2. I've heard that before, but I'm not quite sure how it works. So um. so the K2 is essentially is just the EMF detector. Yeah. Um, it just, uh, it's just essentially reads electromagnetic frequencies. And a lot of times if you key up, like, for example, we have walkie talkies and we'll key it up and that will that frequency will spike it or okay. your cell phone if you're receiving text messages things are gone so when we're using it we're careful we put our cell phones on the table we go away from them you know we do a sweep to make sure there's no electrical you know lines running or data lines things like that that will give false readings what's the distance that you have to keep it away from your electronics roughly uh, probably about five to ten feet yeah it's, it's not huge but it, it's still something that we want to be mindful of because we know it's the like ghost hunters or any like these big name um ghost shows like they make it look really easy and they make it seem like they're always just they're always catching something on these devices and i mean majority of the time majority of the time we're we're waiting around but you know when we do use these devices we want to be 100 percent sure that okay we heard a noise, we're kind of close to traffic, or we see this weird light that's moving around, you know, could it be this? So like we basically kind of go into each investigation 
all right, we're all skeptics, prove that you exist, prove that there is something here. Um, because it's just, it's too easy to say, oh, I heard something, there's a ghost right behind me because I heard a sound behind me. Right. And at the same time, we're in a 200 year old farmhouse with wood that's, you know, constantly moving and shaking in the wind or whatever. And it's something like that. So with the, with the equipment, you know, we, going back to your original question, you know, with the K2, we definitely, we go, we'll go through the whole facility wherever we are and, you know, make sure we're not getting any false positives or anything like that. And here's the thing too, is like with the K2, we've only got one or two good sessions out of a hundred that we've tried, Yeah, you know? Right. So for those sessions that come through, we know are legit because yeah, it doesn't, everything else is normal. There's nothing that spikes it that's abnormal. And uh, when we got it, when we had it happen, it was, it was pretty cool. It was at the Hinsdale house and it was definitely paranormal because it was beyond the normal at that point. Yeah. It was a situation where we were sitting in a bedroom in the upstairs where there's no electricity or anything. We put the meter in the middle of the floor. Nothing was happening. It was about 15 minutes where we were just, me and Steve were just talking. We were just BSing back and forth. And all of a sudden it just started going off. Like the lights were flashing. Yep. So then the way we kind of, uh, we would just ask yes or no questions. You know, if it's yes, go make this light up. If it's no, just don't make it light up. And, okay. you know, normally it, it takes, we need something to be extremely clear. And, and like, if, okay, you know, if we ask it 10 times, oh, look, it went, it lit up four times or so. Like, these were so clear, like they answered the question right on cue. And it was, it, it was just something that we could not explain. We'd it, ask it to hold too. We'd be like, okay, turn it off. And we'd wait purposely. And then we'd be like, okay, can you answer yes or no to this question? We'd give it maybe like a 15, 20 second gap to make sure it wasn't like, you know, just some sort of normal spike. Same yeah, thing sure. with the flashlights. We do the same thing with the flashlight thing. Huh. The flashlight sessions. Okay. So is that where you kind of, um, what do you do? You kind of like loosen up the light bulb or something or, or like, how does that work with the flashlight or does it, uh, do they get it to click it or how does that work? So yeah, we loosen up the end to really where all it needs is a push on the end, a, a slight push on the end to activate it okay. and, uh, and then we'll kind of leave it. And sometimes, so, so the thing we got to watch out for is there, there's a, a charge from the batteries that's trying to get to the coil to turn the light on. And if you have it loose, it could, one of the things that could happen is because it's trying to do that, it might just turn it on and it's a normal function. It's nothing that's abnormal or paranormal. So, uh, so we get kind of give it certain conditions, you know, if, if we do start seeing it, if there's no rhyme or reason to what we're seeing, uh, then we know it's, this is just happening. This is just a normal phenomenon. But when we tell it to turn off and we have it stay off and then we'll wait and then we'll go back to questioning and it'll light up, turn off, light up, turn off. Then we know something's going on. Yeah. And one time we left one at a museum in Palmyra. We were upstairs. I forgot I left one on the floor and I'm going through the surveillance cameras about two months later and uh, I'm sitting there and about 60 minutes after we left, it turns on by itself as we were coming back up the stairs. These guys came up about 30 seconds later. So oh. it was definitely something where it's like, you know, if, if it was trying to get that charge from those batteries, it would turn on within the first minute or two. Yeah. But yeah, 60 minutes later, I was like, wow, I totally, I didn't even know it was up there. I'm watching the footage. I'm like, what is that? Oh. So tell me about the process. Like, do you... Do you have, do you all go in? Do you guys talk to an owner or um, a, a rep if it's a public building or um, 
do you just try to get the history? Do you try to find out if the person's full of it? Or, I mean, how, how does this work? Do you try to get history of the home, or do you try to just not know as much as possible and walk in there and see for it's, yourselves? It's, honestly, it's kind of a mix. So we'll start off by, you know, a lot of the times um, I've done the research, I've done some research to just find sites in the area, and, and based, that'll just, it'll take some Google digging, and um, there are some, uh, Paranormal investigations have become relatively popular. So there are places that specifically are open just for people to come in and rent it out and, and do this. So, I mean, that's, um, the internet's a great resource. I couldn't imagine doing this 30 years ago, like just calling random, word like right. yeah, word of mouth. And, yeah. um, so it'll start off with me or sometimes Steve reaching out to a place just saying, okay, do you offer private paranormal investigations? There'll be some back and forth. We'll work out a date. And then we usually don't go to the place until the scheduled date. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, oftentimes we, Steve works different shifts. I work um, different shifts, you know, with kids it, it, trying to get a night for an investigation is, is tough enough to nail down. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, we usually just get together when we finally go to the hunt. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll get there and, and we usually, it is usually the owner we're talking with and, um, a lot of times like they'll we'll we'll get we don't want to know okay you know this spot in the hallway there's always something here or <clears throat> excuse me um you know this bedroom is super active we we like to know the his, uh, history of the building we like to know what has happened in the past but we try and not get too many specifics and there are even members of our group that you know if we're walking around with the owner and they're taking us to different spots of the house. Some group members, they'll just stay back and just kind of sit in a room and not even hear any of it and just let the vibe take them wherever they feel like, okay, something's drawn me to this room. And then what we'll kind of do is, okay, well, you know, what are, you know, are you, if that person's feeling something in that specific area, they might talk to somebody, one of us who went through the house with the owner and, like okay you know that's interesting because you know maybe this happened here in this room or something like that so it, it's kind of a mix and and it honestly it's place by place too like we'll go to some places you know the bergen house it was it's literally a house that it's there's not a lot we drove, of we drove past the driveway when we first yeah we, it's, it's, it. it's so far it's back in the woods and um you know the, the people were great there and uh but it's a house but then we'll go to other places um like for example, the the Polish cats, right? Oh, the Pol. There's a so so we didn't even like. I've never heard ghost stories about this place. I was just driving by because it's a place in Black Rock in Buffalo, a little bit of, you know North Buffalo area, mm -hmm. right off the the 198. And um, I just had a vibe when I was driving by it. I was like, I bet there's some history to that building. And we just decided to go into the bar one night. Yeah, <laughs> and we talked, and we talked to, the to the owners, owner. and they're like, Oh my god this happens and they were like so excited that someone came in and asked them about it so they told us a whole bunch of ghost stories and we're like do you guys mind if we come check this out and they invited us right in they were super welcoming and what's strange they told us the story about this guy that passed away in the 80s early 90s there that loved, loved rock and roll right and they sometimes like djs would be playing a wedding and uh they'd be playing like you know pop music and all of a sudden acdc or something comes on and the djs can't figure it out so they thought that was attributed to this guy. Well, what's weird is we're, we're sitting in the first level by the bar and uh, Mike and Jay were upstairs and me and Greg are talking and all of a sudden we hear whistling and I'm like, what is that? And he's like, 
That's patience. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, patience by Guns N' Roses. Someone's whistling it. And I was just like, but the jukebox is off. So he got, or I went up, I, I went to the owner's room because they have a quarters there. They were out, they were out cold. There was no sounds coming from their room. The whistling was still going. There's nothing outside. There's no drums or accompaniment. Someone was whistling it. We caught it on camera. It's on our Polish cadets episode. Oh, that's wild. Uh, the yeah. So yeah. Mike, Mike didn't hear it. He came downstairs and when they came downstairs, it stopped. So we're huh. like, you know, sometimes you just wander into it. And you're just, yeah. Yeah. But more, yeah, that was a, that was a, a definitely, um, a different situation because more often than not, it, it's more like it's kind of, it's a process thing and you go and that's kind of the vibe. And, and, you know, we've worked with a lot of great people and their facilities and some places um, they'll just be like, all right, we know you guys and uh, we're just going to take off. So just lock the door on your way out. And some people are, you know, they might follow us around and, you know, which whatever it's, it's their place. We're the guests. So mm-hmm. um you know, we try and be respectful of wherever we are. Um, Some people reach out to us for help, like Tammy Joe's. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've had. Yeah, um, I was just going to ask you if you guys have had anybody call you up and say, hey, I've got something going on here. Can you? This one, actually two. Um, two yeah. yeah, so, yeah, there's been a couple times. Uh, most recently, it was actually uh, somebody that used to work with Steve, and they were just having a lot of issues with, um, some spirits bothering this woman's grandson and bothering her. She would hear sounds and she'd wake up in the middle of the night to what was it? Yeah, it was yelling at her. Uh, it was, hey, it was something up. right in her face, like yelling at her. And um, the thing that just would kind of always, like she had a, a wicker hamper towards the end of her bed. And, you know, if you push down on like something that's wicker, you can hear that crackling. And she said she would often hear it would be like somebody sitting on that and just watching her. And it was just, uh, we got some good stuff out of that. I'm still working on that episode. It takes a while to go through all the footage, but um, that was a, that was yeah. actually an interesting situation because we brought in um, a friend of ours who, oh, what would you call Heather? Heather is a psychic. Yeah, she's a yeah. We brought we're, in a psychic because we yeah we don't have like we're just normal guys like he like he said he's got a degree in math. I work at a casino. Um, and we we don't. I'm not a psychic. You know, I right. I think exist. I think 99% of the people that say they're psychic aren't really psychic. Yeah, I, I think it's a gift that some people do have. And, and I believe uh, this woman, she actually, we collaborated with her this time because we went there. Um, it was just a couple of us the first time to see, okay, let's see what we can get out of this. And um, we, the concern was something demonic or something negative. Yeah. Right. Especially when there's a kid involved too. I mean, you know, it's. Oh yeah. And he was, I think he was like four or five. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small kid and my yeah. son is six. So like I can relate easily and just like anything, like I automatically, you know, I'll put myself in that situation. So sure. we were at, and, and when we went just our group, you know, we tried to get some answers and we're like, okay, you know, maybe we got some answers and, you know, if you can do this and just kind of ignore it or tell it to go away, but then um, things actually got worse. We made things worse, apparently, uh, oh. because the, uh, the activity ramped up pretty good. Now, so was there, now is, um, do you guys provoke at all or do you generally steer clear of that? No, what we found out later is that we didn't actually make it worse is that spirits are essentially drawn to her is what the psychic let us know. She has gifts, this, this woman whose house it was that we were investigating and that's what was happening was um the spirits were trying to communicate with her and actually we got some voices very loud like our level voices recorded on camera from a room where nobody was in we went in there afterwards there's nobody there 
and wow. some great box activity and all that stuff. So yeah, so that's what the psychic was able to bring to light is we I, maybe we woke up something that was a latent ability in her. I, I don't want to say it sounds like X Men. I'm sounds like I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, essentially, that's what happened. Is she had she had a gift to communicate. These things were trying to communicate with her, but she felt a lot more comfortable because Heather, the psychic, our friend, who she owns Greystone Manor up in Gasport, um, she uh, she was able to bring some comfort because she let Tammy Joe know that there was family members that were protecting her as well. So she she shouldn't be nervous about it. So after that, everything kind of made more sense. The answers that we got on the spirit box, the things like that, and and she felt a lot better about the situation. So now she's looking at uh, how does she hone in those types of things. Right. Oh, man. Whew. That's, uh, yeah, it, that's it, intense. Scary. I know. And, you know, it was always something like I just, the house that I currently live in, um, my wife and I, we moved into three years ago. And since I've been doing the paranormal stuff, like when I knew I was moving, that was going to be one of my things. Like what happens if I, you know, Cause we were looking for our forever house. Like we don't want to keep moving. So what if we move somewhere in a month in something starts happening and all like something like haunted or something like I, I was so worried about that. So, you know, if we can, if somebody asks us to come in and help, like that's your place to live. Like I, you know, if we can provide some sort of comfort, like we want to do whatever we can and knowing that we kind of, met our limits with it you know help using our friend you know with the psychic abilities to come and help us that you know i think there's a lot to be said that even if if you go to a location if you don't find anything but you know the owner the people living there or whatever are clearly shaken up or feel like something's going on but if you can at least talk to them and uh comfort them you know i, I think that that's huge right there in itself right right so, so that's a win Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Huh. So, okay. So I was going to get to psychics because I guess I'm on the fence about it because like you, Steve, I, I tend to think that, you know, 99% of people are full of it or, you know, right. maybe believe that they have this gift, but How I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, so you guys tend to believe that, yes, there's a select individuals out there who do have, uh, I don't know if you call them a gift or a curse or <laughs> maybe yeah. a little bit of both. It, it depends, I guess. You you know? Know? It depends on what person you would ask, I guess. So I read a little bit of a book, or a little bit of a book. I read a book about it that gave me like a little bit of insight into kind of what the generally accepted means of psychics are as far as communicating with the spirit world. From what it sounds like, uh, is that they don't directly communicate with the spirits where it's like we're talking right now. Yeah. Whatever their strongest sense is, whether it's smell, touch, um, sight, hearing, um, the spirits that, there, I guess there's four spirit guides that surround everybody is what this belief system is. And the spirit guides communicate with the outside spirits. They act as a protective barrier and they will give the psychic clues. So it won't be like something like, Hey, you know, Mike has a Jaws poster in his room. You know, it's it's more like uh, it'll show a quick flash of something that will try to communicate that message in whatever sense Mike makes most sense of things. So it might be an image of a shark, or if it's like, um, you know, if you hear sound most, it might be like crashing waves or in a scream. Yeah, you, know, you know, it could. That's the way that the book explained how psychics communicate with the spirit world. It sounds like sensory overload. 
yeah. oh yeah what now whether that's true or not you know i don't know i i sure. tried to exercise those types of things with me but it, I, I i was stopping myself because i didn't know what i was making up subconsciously versus what could possibly be out there so yeah. i was overthinking it and i was just like you know what it's it's not meant for me it's not meant for me sure um so I should probably say this. So you guys produce your own videos, make your own episodes. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you, that's awesome. We used to kind of get together and go through evidence all together as a group. Um, now with kids, you know, it's in schedules and I work a couple jobs. I'm involved with my son's school. So, I mean, time is, uh, you know, everybody's got their things. So, I mean, you know, Steve does editing and the evidence review and, and the the clips of it and he he does uh he's our yeah. guy sometimes i'll come across something and uh like for example the video i i sent you of the iron island one mm -hmm. i'll be like oh my god mike you gotta get over here right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta see this. i can't believe it <laughs> huh. well yeah so i mean kudos to you max that's what it looks like you know a produced tv show it, it's, it's really cool and so i oh, like the way you guys did that Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. You. And uh, I could tell how time consuming that must be. So good on you, man. And uh, I hope that this gets more people to watch it too. Um, you know, okay. yeah. Right. Um, so <sighs> demonology, BS or real, a little bit of both. Uh, who knows? I, th I think it's right in the center. I think you're, you know, you hit it on mark, at least for me, I think it's real. I think, I think people can summon things that, and you know, uh, I, I have a, I'll send you the link. I did a blog. I'm still kind of doing it called the paranormal paradox. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I'm a big like Stephen Hawking's fan. So I like read like a lot of his stuff. So, uh, he, he does an analogy of a fish in a bowl, you know, and, and how a fish would define it, the characteristics of its universe and how those definitions of its universe and the physics that would work with the fish would be different than ours, you know, from our definition and perspective. And I drew up this, this uh, graph and it, it essentially had two circles. Like here's our world, here's the spirit world, right? We all exist in one universe in one plane. And essentially this area right in between is that observable phenomena where we can interact with it. And, um, and I think that when you're talking about things that might've never been human, um, I think they could definitely exist in that plane. I think there's things that we don't know about, just like we don't know about what species are at the bottom of the ocean. Right. And, um, it's scary to think about those things because some of those things, they don't need, and Mike brought up a good point earlier, what ties a ghost to a building? You know, the restaurant that he worked in, it was Swiss Chalet, it was on uh, Niagara Falls Boulevard in Amherst, it no longer stands there. It's gone. All the Swiss Chalets are out of the United States for uh, whatever reason, they're only in Canada. Hmm. But the piece of wood the pieces of wood and the steel that held that place together they're in some dump somewhere or they were recycled like how come that building they went to you know how come that's not haunted you know what yeah. is it that keeps a person there or, you know yeah. the scary thing about demons is that they're tied to humans they they're tied to you know living things like a parasite mm -hmm. as opposed to a building and that's <laughs> thing about yeah. it well yeah and i mean there's multiple uh i don't know if phases is the correct term but like isn't there uh, i forget what they are but there's like infestation and stuff like that but it's like a process it's not just like one day boom somebody becomes you know possessed or whatever it may be but it can it's sometimes take years and years right right 
Right. <laughs> Always starts with the invitation, though. That's the thing is it's all it, it, you read all these stories and like one of my favorite books is and it's absolutely chilling. And everybody knows Lorraine and Ed Warren, but they were yeah. the gentleman. Um, I forget his name, but it's called The Demonologist. It talks about uh, their experiences, their real life experiences with some of their cases. It mentions some of the stuff that they touch on in the Conjuring universe. But I mean, this was written in the 1980s, early 90s. And that book is absolutely frightening. <laughs> it's absolutely frightening. And it talks about, you know, all these cases, they start with someone inviting something in. And it always, that's the scary thing when we go the places when we try to communicate with things, we're opening up the lines of communication. You don't know what can come through. Right. I was just going to say it could be unintentional too, right? It doesn't have to be, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And most of the times it is. It's, it's someone wants to use the Ouija board to talk to a spirit of a dead boy they think is in their house. And it opens up a gateway to something. Their mind had never been in anything, anything in their house, but something in that globe that we were talking about is drawn to it. And all of a sudden, bad things happen. It is. It, it's scary. And, and, you know, you know, one of our members, um, Steve mentioned him a couple times. His name is Greg. And there's always been what we've believed and he's believed is um, a spirit with him. And some of the stories that he has provided us have been just, they've been chilling, just the things that have happened to him, whether it's he get he's in his car and somebody's in his back seat or something like yeah. that. Or and that, that's uh, that's an interesting one because it was it was I think it was up at Route Thirty One, which is over by the Tuscarora yeah. and um and there's a lot of stories about I be I think Black Black Spring Road. There's 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 a road up there. Something like that is the name of it. And they that's a very native thing that happened to him is that he saw something demonic in his back seat. Uh, he had to pull over and call his father. Yeah, huh. you know. And he's, and he's somebody in our group that he's probably one of the most skeptical. He's more skeptical than, than us, where if somebody is telling a story, you can kind of see him. He's, it takes a lot to get him to believe that something is truly paranormal, which is fine. You know, that, that's, that's how he gets. So for something to scare him as much to, to get out of his car and call for a ride, like that's, that's what, those are the things that make me, believe that yes something demonic is there sure so I, guess, I guess what does one do in that situation right like so uh greg has a spirit either in him or following him or something is going on so the what spirit following greg is is a protector that we find out so uh okay but in a situation where it's like you know possession it's weird because you know you'll have someone that might be indigenous right and they might have a belief system for drawing or casting out that spirit and uh, my fiance, uh, her family comes from Six Nations up in uh, Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, her family's involved in some of that stuff in the traditional Native American beliefs up there. Okay, and they it's completely separate from Catholicism, but you know a priest gets sent in and they do their thing right, and it it works. You know sometimes same thing with you know someone in in an indigenous culture, they send in you know whoever it is that takes care of those things. So it's weird. It, it's maybe like it can't be a single belief system, right? It maybe has to be the energy of that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, that draws it out, something positive that pushes this away or repels it like a magnet. Those, those were con- my kind of thoughts about it is. Well, yeah. Cause even in different belief systems, you still have commonality within them generally. Right. I mean, so I guess, yeah, there's gotta be something in there that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, 
this is kind of a cool part. You sent me some evidence. Can we, you mind if I share my screen with you and we talk about it for a second? No, part. go ahead. All right. Yeah, one of them was uh, that was one of them was the one I called Mike. And I was like, you gotta get over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna do. Um, sorry, man. I'm trying to. No, you're good. Figure this out here. Ah, here we go. All right. So can you guys see it? Uh, there we go. Yep. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead and play it. I might play it just a couple of times. Um, that way people who are watching can take a look. And then just so you guys know, I'm going to, I'll plug you guys. I'll put all your information, uh, where people can find you. If somebody needs help, uh, where they can contact you, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, totally. No, we appreciate it. Same, same with, uh, same with you. I mean, I, I we'll pull, uh, tell everybody to listen to you. So. Yeah. All right. So here we go. So you sent me this. Now this is at the uh, haunted Virgin House, or no? This is Iron Island. I'm sorry. Yep. Well, Iron Island, just to give a little bit of background, is yeah. a it's um in uh like the South Buffalo area. It's a little bit north of South Buffalo, um, and it is an area that was really heavily trafficked by trains, and that's why they call the area um it's Lovejoy, uh the Lovejoy area. But that's why the, the Buffalo Central Terminal and train tracks are really like important to this area. And um, Iron Island itself was a church originally, and then they turned it into a funeral. It was built in the late 1800s. Then they turned it into a funeral home in the first half of the 19th or the 20th century. And it was a funeral home all the way from maybe like the 1940s and 50s, all the way up to the 2000s, where it was then donated to the Iron Island Preservation Society who run it as a museum now, a military museum. And they got, even if, even if it wasn't haunted, they got amazing things in there that mm, tied sure. the buffalo's past. And it's, it's literally in the middle of a neighborhood. There's houses on both sides behind it across the street. It's smack dab, uh, like right in a neighborhood. And what's crazy, so many soldiers for World War II went on the tracks to, you know, their training camps and all that stuff mm -hmm. right past that area. And it's just, it's got such a history. So. So Iron Island actually is famous for being haunted in, in not only Buffalo, but nationally. Ghost Hunters, uh, Jay and Grant actually went there too as well. Oh, okay. So there too. So it's a, it's a really cool place. We've probably been there about a half dozen times. We or so. feel as, as haunted as it is, we feel so at home there. <laughs> love There's it. an energy, but it's a very relaxed and calm energy, but we always get a lot of evidence. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to play this and then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, yep. Yeah. All right. Man, that's. Oh, that's yeah. Wild. We'll just. I'll play it a couple times just so people can. Sure. Yeah. So. Our friend Greg, or Mike's filming right now, and our friend Greg is taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And Mike actually didn't see this when it happened. Oh, okay. So, all right, gotcha. So there was three of you? Uh, two of us in the just, room. Just, I was back just, at the, the command center, yep. Okay, all right. Yeah. I know we're watching on a screen this big. This that's even better. That is just all right. You know, it's pretty crazy. So to take you back a couple of years before that, 
um, we had seen this with our very own eyes. Uh, one of our first experiences that was my first time seeing a shadow person was in Iron Island in the next room over and Mike was in the hallway and at the same time I saw it run into the room I was he saw it running down the hallway and we said it almost at the same time we're like did you see where did, where did it go you yeah. know <laughs> and uh we saw it with our own eyes but we didn't have the equipment to capture it um so to see that on camera I was like oh my god that's what we saw with our own eyes so did you see it when it happened or was this back when you were um, later on when you were doing your evidence review? So this is maybe like the fourth time that we were there. So uh, Mike did not see it at the time. Um, I don't know if he was maybe turned away from the camera or not looking at the LCD at the moment. Right. Um, well, still, I mean, that's a small screen and that's a quick flash. So right, I, right. Exactly. So yeah, I, was, I just happened to be going through the footage and, and we film on two cameras that are IR cameras and we film on four wireless DVR surveillance cameras. So five hours, six hours of footage per camera. So it takes, it takes a long time to go through. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, when I saw it, it was just like, you know, the needle in the haystack and you're like, you, you just, yeah, those are the things that you're just like so excited about. And I showed it to, uh, to some of our friends who really don't believe in this or don't think that we're wasting our time. And they're like, Okay, maybe you guys aren't. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, when Steve mentioned, you know, a second ago when we were standing in two different spots and saw the same thing, a, a different shadow figure, it's stuff like that because I mentioned how, you know, there's a lot of times where we try and debunk whatever we see or hear. And with me, like with glasses, it's tough. I'll get glares all the time. So for two people to be standing in different parts of the room and be able to see the, the exact same thing happen. Like, it's just that sense of validation that like, this wasn't just a random thing that happened or I'm not crazy. It, it's, it really gives credence to what we're searching for, what we're doing. And, and it just, it's a, it's, I, it sounds stupid and corny, but it's like an adrenaline rush. Like when something like that happens, when, when this evidence happens to us, like if something touches me or we hear something like that, or, or you know, it's, it's what keeps us going for this because otherwise it's wasted money on rental fees and equipment and gas and, and, and all this stuff. And um, like, I wasn't even there and it's an adrenaline rush for me to see that. Like, yeah, so, it, so I can only imagine what it's like, for, you know, and, and people ask me, you know, doesn't, doesn't this stuff freak you out? And, and when I tell them, you know, no, it, it just, it, if something happens to me, it makes me want to look further. Like if we hear something in the next room, it's not, uh, we got to get away from here. It's, all right, let's go in that room and see, see what's in there. Try and find what's in there. It's, um, you know, if you would have talked to me before I had my experience, I probably would have been like a lot of people and would have been like, no, I want nothing to do with this. And, um, but now it's, it's the days leading up to when we have an investigation, because we'll probably go on, I don't know, one every couple months or so. So when we do it, it's, it's like, I really look forward to it because it's just one, just, hanging out with friends, but two, then just the opportunity for us to get, you know, maybe we got this shadow person, maybe something does happen that we just can't believe in. It's, uh, I just want to see that full bodied apparition. That's what I, that's the Holy grail. Right. right. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I want to, but again, I'm jumping way forward when I ask this, like ultimately what is the end game? Right. So you get all this evidence, you're collecting it, but where do you go from there? What, what can you do with it? Can you, is there, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm in Rochester. There's tons of universities around me. There's tons of universities around you. You guys have got UB, something like that there. I mean, is there a physicist or 
professors that you can send this stuff to to have them take a look? I, I mean, does it, I, I understand that it's not, you can't necessarily repeat it, right? So that's, you know. So, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was reading up on, on shadow people on various articles about it. And one of the, the big beliefs that a shadow person is, as far as a scientific explanation goes, is that it is some sort of induced hallucination. Right, uh, that's usually the, the go-to for a shadow person. So when we see, the, you know, at the same time, it's like, oh, hey, you know, it's not a hallucination. Well, yeah, but I was just thinking about that. That's not a hallucination. Right. You know, right. I was thinking about uh, the, that scientists' biggest, um, essentially, fail of of ghosts and paranormal why they can't be real is that you cannot replicate um, a paranormal experience in a laboratory setting, right? Um, and I actually, I was, so I, I like to write, I write fiction and, um, I write like dark fantasy and, and, and horror things like that. And I was like, well, wouldn't that be a cool concept if you had a scientist that was trying to replicate something in a laboratory for a paranormal experience to disprove its existence and something goes wrong and it, something happens. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking about that the other day that you mentioned that I was like, oh, you'd be like Egon spores. <laughs> <laughs> but, something goes wrong he's a non-believer but yeah rest, I, rest I, in pc you gone yeah yeah <laughs> but i don't know i uh if i met someone in the field and they were interested i'd probably love to have them take a look you know and uh maybe come with us and, and all that stuff and yeah you know we've never i've never thought about and we've never really talked about what is our end game you know it's been you know i mentioned this a couple times just life is hectic with kids and family and mm-hmm. if you know our time together is limited. So do we want to do it, go into a bar and spend in six bucks on a beer and, you know, trying to shout over loud music? Or do we want to do it, go into an 1800s farmhouse that could potentially have a ghost in it? And just for our group of friends, it's the latter. And it's, um, you know, it, it, there isn't necessarily an end game. We're not trying to make a career out of this. We're just we're amateurs we're, we're not making money honestly it all started because we started going to places because we were just interested in ghosts and we tell people and they'd be like no get out of here yeah and then like so you know that was in the days of flip phones so i was like no you gotta listen to this recording you know yeah. so then YouTube came around and it's kind of like okay well maybe we can show people what we're experiencing so that's really kind of how everything evolved and, and that's kind of how it's continuing to evolve and there's a, a few episodes I'm working on right now. Like uh, we went to the Knickerbocker Hotel in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, that one we're working on right now. We're working on the episode about the house that um, that we were telling you about where uh, the, the lady um, was having these experiences at night. Uh, we got called to a place in, well, not called, but we got to check out a place in Forestville. Uh, we were the first paranormal team to get to investigate it um, right next to a, a cemetery. And we're working on that one. That one was really cool. Um, and then we're working on a return to Greystone Manor, which was really interesting. Yeah. We're working on this Iron Island episode because the clip you saw is from an unfinished episode that we're working on right now, which the one girl that comes with us, Steph, she's able to kind of pick up on things. So she had some hits there that were like, whoa, like kind of okay. even scared her. So <laughs> but it's, it's funny because, you know, as we talk about, you know, why do we do this and like how long, like, you know, how long do we want to keep doing this? And, you know, we're in our mid late thirties now. And we've been doing this for almost a decade. And, and, you know, we actually on our last investigation, we've had, I guess you could call them a couple duds in a row where it was just, it was, okay. You know, it's kind of a, a low night. There's not much happening, you know, and it kind of, it, we talked about how it makes us either 
or question, do we have it in us anymore? Like, are we interested in this anymore? Do we want to keep doing this? Do we want to spend the, the time and resources to, to keep doing this? And, and then you get a shadow person to run by and the and answer is yes, that's you exactly, do. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. It was, yeah. you know, whether it's watching an old episode of something we've experienced or just thinking about. Or do you want to talk about what happened to Heather's at the end that kind of got us all excited? I don't remember. Oh, so, Wait, what? so we're so the we were at Greystone Manor. It was recent. It was the beginning of October, and um, that's when we were kind of feeling that vibe. And uh, it was pretty active there all night. But at the end of the night, we oh, were downstairs yeah. in the basement, and uh, Greg was watching the cameras upstairs, and they have audio. And uh, we could feel that something was like watching us from this basement like area. We just you could feel it. You just if I didn't even want to move. Like I was just it was it was strange. But at the same time, we didn't hear it at the time. But I, uh, I said, I said something along the lines, will you come over here? We want to see you show up, show us yourself. And uh, in the camera upstairs, Greg was watching it and he heard it go, no, <laughs> like that. Wow. So it was, it was pretty cool. So he called us up, but we got up there. We're like, so we filmed it. We put it on our uh, Facebook uh, page. So there's a clip of it, but that'll be worked into uh, uh, an episode because there's a bunch of stuff that we brought our mom, the, the, again, uh, you know, yeah. our mom's Catholic stuff and uh, she's a Sunday school teacher so we brought her to Greystone Manor and uh, it was interesting she was so frightened because we were in Heather's office and just you know we're getting some good dowsing rod session stuff going we're hearing some stuff you hear footsteps and there's nobody there and things like that and uh, Mike myself and Heather heard someone whisper right next to my mom and my mom didn't hear it in her face when we told her she was so yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> this was only the second time she'd ever come with us somewhere, and you know it's she's not used to to that, and and you know to I love like just seeing that reaction, like the way that it affected somebody. It's not just somebody brushing off; it, it, it's somebody yeah. that truly feels it and believes it, and and that's what kind of keeps us going, and that that's what'll keep me going whenever I'm like I just you know. I don't know. Do we want to keep going? How much more do we want to do with this? And then, you know, it'll be times like this, or it'll be just those, those quick moments that just make me want to do it again. And sure. it's, and it's, you know, I'm, we're never going to be ghost adventures. We're not going to have our own show or anything like that. It, it, it's it, at the end of the day, it, it's just, this is how we like spending our free time, honestly. Right. But, yeah. I'm, well, it's, it's a, I mean, it, it's a passion and a hobby, right? I mean, um, yeah. And, oh, and, and I think to, to do this, that's a good word to use, just the passion of it. And it's, it's not something, you know, there will be public ghost hunts, especially around Halloween where, you know, you know, you buy a ticket and, you know, a group of 50 people and, you know, whatever people like going to that and that that's fun for them. And, you know, to drive to, Pennsylvania or wherever you know the Pennsylvania border on a cold January night through the snow like to hopefully maybe get some sounds on an audio recording like you know that fire and that passion it has to be there otherwise you're just an idiot right so are you familiar with Rolling Hills Asylum yeah yeah over in East Bethany yeah I actually I used to live over by there so did you so, yeah okay. So uh, if you ever get an opportunity, you got to check it out. And, and my story for what that I go back to when I'm just like, you know, maybe we are just, it's too much in our head. Maybe we're just like really like forcing it, thinking it, you know, the story I always go back to is we're at Rolling Hills. It was maybe our second or third time there. There's this long hallway called the shadow hallway. Mm -hmm. And earlier in the night we were there with our aunt 
we thought we saw this, you know, head peeking out of these this this uh, doorway down the hallway. And we're all sitting there, we're watching it. We're like, we went in the room afterwards. There's nothing there. So we went up later in the night. And uh, one of the stories that Rolling Hills has is that there's this uh, gentleman with gigantism, Roy, that roams the grounds, and that he's he, a protective, friendly spirit there, but very interactive with people, right? So, uh, so I wasn't even thinking of that. We went back up to the third floor. There was a flashlight session going on with another group. Uh, Mike and my aunt Cindy went to that group. I went about 40 feet away. I was trying to see if I could recreate it. I was like, ah, maybe my, it was our eyes playing tricks on us. I don't know. I don't know. So then all of a sudden, out of the, the peripheral vision on my left side, I see this black shape. And then right on my ear, it whispers. And it either whispered like, hey, you're Steve. I thought it was him. Like, hey, like, hey, Steve, let's go over here. Let's let's move on. Try not to disturb the other people. So I turn around, I turn on my flashlight, and there's nothing there. Well, at the same time, my Aunt Cindy, who is like behind me about, about 40 feet, she goes, What just came out of that room behind you? And I was like, What did you see? She goes, Something came out of that room. It was so tall, it blocked you out completely. And then when you turn around and you turn on your flashlight, she goes, It disappeared. And I was like, You saw it too? I was like, I saw it. You know, like those are the things it's like. You get so excited, you're like, okay, it's not just me. There is something. There's something more to it. So I want to touch on that just for a second. Uh, you had said that prior to this, maybe sometimes you kind of question yourself or you, you're wondering, like, okay, am I just seeing this or something? I, I like that. I think that adds to your credibility because you're questioning yourself, right? And you're trying to make yourself better or, you know, uh, make sure that you're uh, being rational, Um I don't know. I, I like that. And I think that it goes back to just kind of our scientific thinking, our logical thinking, and how we process just any sort of information. And I think that definitely helps. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, that thought is always there, but it, it it's, it just it, there's just something that keeps us going with it and, and it's, it's tough to explain to somebody who isn't passionate about it and, and doesn't why you know doesn't have an interest in it and but they're just a passion my friend from the bronx he says it's uh toilet paper that's what it is it's we're seeing toilet paper when the orbs <laughs> and stuff yeah <laughs> oh man so i've had you guys on for about an hour um i don't know what your time constraints are here but i don't want to no okay cool so, so i definitely got a few more questions for you um yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Dowsing rods. Can you explain those to me? I, I, I don't really know much about them other than they use them to find water. Um, well, the thought is it works like a pendulum in that it's it's almost like the flashlights. It's something that allows anything in that paranormal plane to, to be able to communicate a little bit easier with us instead of, I actually, in my paranormal paradox, I drew this chart and it was like, okay, you know, we have the most frequency of these occurrences. These must be the easiest for whatever it is that's trying to communicate with us to communicate with us. And then, you know, next up, next up, next up with the apparition, full bodied apparition being the most difficult because it rarely happens, right? It's almost like a triangle, like a food, like a food pyramid. Um, so we find that um, a lot of times that dowsing rods or the spirit box are low level type things where it takes a minimal or the least amount of energy as far uh, just based on the amount of hits that we get. But dowsing rods work like a pendulum. And the idea is it's just something easy for a spirit to manipulate. And um, you can make them out of, uh, to me, I don't think the metal really matters. Um, some people are very conscious of the metal because of the conductivity of the metal and all that stuff. But that's a person's personal beliefs. But essentially, sometimes, you know, you put them in your hand, 
and you relax yourself and you kind of meditate. And then sometimes they'll just swing. A lot of times they'll just swing and they don't do anything. They don't go, they go whichever way they want, whichever way gravity pulls them, whichever way, whatever. But then sometimes when things start to kick up, it feels like a finger's there pushing on it. You could feel the push. And uh, that's when you can, you, you feel the energy. That's when things start to kick up. And that's when you'll start getting the answers and you'll ask them, you know, we ask them to go always go back to a neutral position to reset itself, almost like a, I don't know, like a clock, I guess you yeah. can say. And then, cause some people will just go straight from question to question to question. We'll ask it to reset itself every time so that we know we're getting the correct answer. And, you know, we'll ask them to open the rods wide for yes and cross them for no. And we can do all these different things with it, but you'll feel, you'll feel something pushing on it sometimes. Hmm. What is, out of all your equipment, um, I feel like I might already know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask. So you have all of this equipment, um, and then you also just have your five senses, maybe six in some cases. Mm-hmm. What, what to you is the most reliable? Well, I would say just because wireless networks are not always reliable in some of our locations that we go to, I would say and probably the answer you, you already knew is our bodies. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. Uh, it really comes down to the vibe of a place. Sometimes, some if some people are just jerks, you know, I go back to the Simpsons reference where they're talking about the elephants and uh, Homer's headbutting the guy. But it's, uh, some people they just don't want to interact with people because they're not kind to them or they're not respectful. And we always try to be respectful. You know, I, I work in the guest service industry, uh, and it's always about just being kind to someone and polite. And right. so we try. I, I try to at least incorporate that and show respect and, and well, I think at the end of the day, it matters too. Um, because, you know, like Steve said, our bodies are, I don't know how else to pick up. Like I've, I felt things touch me. I felt things grab my hand. I felt things push me. St. Barnabas house. Remember you walked into that? Thing? Yeah. And, and, and I don't know how to get that. Like I, you know, if, you know, if I have a camera and I get pushed, okay, something, you can see me fall or whatever, but I guess it, it just, it, there's, there's less things that can cause interference. Okay. The thousand rods. Okay. Maybe there's a little draft in that room and they're blowing a certain way, or, you know, there's a spirit box, which is the, we didn't talk about that, but that's the, like the radio waves that the two radios going side by side sweeping. Okay. So it, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, how would you explain it? It's essentially two radios. Um, you can make them go forward or backwards, but they go simultaneously and you can sweep through the, the channels at like a super fast rate from 500 uh, stations per minute to, I think it goes down to 100 per stations per minute. And it will continuously do that. And the idea is that spirits can manipulate radio waves to communicate through that with words. So you would, you would basically ask a question and hope to get an answer out of the sweeps of the radio. So like, you know, you'll hear these these different radio sounds as it's going through these- Just kind of like white noise, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, 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 along those lines. Um, We've only had success with it maybe a handful of times, but that just goes, like you said, it goes to the credibility of it when it actually does happen. We brought it out every time and had a successful session every time. But the thing is like, you know, if there's, if we're doing a spirit box session and okay, we ask, okay, what's your name? And it says Dan or something like that. And it's, 
it's too easy. Steve mentioned this exact phrase before the power, the power of suggestion. So if, okay, I heard Dan, Steve heard something, a mumble, somebody else heard nothing like, but then they're like, okay, you know what I got, you know, I, that did sound like Dan. And it's just, okay. I don't necessarily, that's not lending itself to solving what we just heard where if, you know, my own, you know, so that piece of equipment can be tough to, it, it can be good when you get very clear, direct answers, but it's too easy to misinterpret something that comes out of it. Um, uh, you know, going back to kind of what we were talking about too, with the bodies is, is we were talking about the spirit things and, and the different senses and, you know, for different people, um, like Mike is very touch oriented. He feels a lot of things like, like he'll walk into the spirit, uh, at St. Barnabas. He, you see him on video. He walks into, there's nothing there on the camera, but he walks into something and he feels yeah. a lot of touch, like, uh, things tugging his, um, his pant leg at Rolling Hills and things yeah. like that. I hear things a lot. Like I'm very music oriented. I love music. Um, and I will like hear things and other people will be like, I didn't hear that. And then we'll catch it later on audio. Um, uh, another member like Steph, she's very feeling oriented. She's, she's an HR. So I think she's a like empath by nature. Right. Which is empathetic to people's, uh, you know, their predispositions, but she definitely will walk through a building and she'll feel things as far as like feelings go. So we all have kind of like our own unique ways, our bodies tune into things. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting to, to see who does what. You know, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, our, our, our bodies are a wonderland. Our bodies are <laughs> a wonderland, as John Mayer said. <laughs> Have you guys been to Fort Niagara? No. Uh, not to do a ghost hunt. We reached out to them, but we've been there before. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I was just wondering. Uh, you always, I've always heard tales of that place since I was a kid. So. Just figure out see if you guys have maybe ever visited. One, uh, actually, a cool fort that we did go to was was a fort Ontario. Fort Ontario up in Oswego. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it was a very cool setup because I mean it's not huge, but it's we had the whole place to ourselves. Um, you know, there's it was it's right on the lake, and you know there are underground tunnels, and there are different buildings in it, and just it, we we uh, well Fort Niagara we haven't been able to investigate personally, but. Yeah, yeah. shout out to them. They said uh, just at this time, that's, that's not something that they're they're allowing. Yeah, fair enough. Gotcha. Sometimes we'll reach out to a place, and they'll be, you know I'll drive by a place. There's this restaurant in Amherst, and it's like um, it's what is it? The Washington House? I forget the name of it. It's Washington right in, Square. Um, it's yeah, it's right next to like the mill there. Um, and I, I know it's haunted because it's like got to be one of the first buildings in, Am in Amherst. And uh, we reached out to the owners there, and they're like, oh, we appreciate it because anytime I go there and eat. My fiance always gets annoyed because I'll ask the staff about ghost stories. Uh, was this place haunted? And then some of them will be, oh my God, you won't believe this. And uh, they'll tell us this story. But yeah, they, they, uh, they declined politely. They declined politely. So, so we, we try. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, no, in, like that, you know, we try and steer away from those. Restaurants are hard because you know they're they're business a lot of them are open till 10 11 o'clock at night people are there till midnight so you know it's a liability thing um so to come across new places like that it's uh it can get challenging but it's it's worth it you know once we do our, our digging and find history on places 
So when you guys go to, let's say you're going to a private residence, right? And you're talking to the owner uh, about their experience. How do you, try, I'm going to try to say this as politely as possible. How do you go about vetting them? I guess. Um, does that make sense? Like, I, do you ever walk in there and your, your BS meter just pegs or, you know what I mean? <clears throat> There's a, there's a couple places we've gone to when people are feeding us stuff and it's it's like yeah you know like uh, you know it's well it's built on a cemetery that was then a native american burial ground that was then this and that and you know and you're hearing all these tropes from you know horror movies right yeah there's a couple places that we walked into like that and um but i think there's history in every building i think i think for me personally there's a lot more paranormal things going on than people really kind of notice and uh, for me, I think there's there's a lot of historical buildings, a lot of history that can be picked up on by us, uh, mm -hmm. the living, that is. And um, yeah, I think even if if a person's feeding you a line, you know, um, there will be something legitimate underneath that maybe they don't even know about. Yeah, and, and and that's all part of the the process too. Like when we research these places, you know, it's these yeah, we're going to come across places that are doing this and, you know, they're, this is their living. They're renting out a facility to have people come in and look for ghosts and that's what they do. So, okay, maybe they are, you, maybe they are, you know, feeding us some lines where at the same time, okay, maybe this place really does have some paranormal stuff going on, but it, it's, um, it, we try and get a feel for it as much as possible through, you know, our research beforehand. And we have come across places, you know, in research that we just might not want to reach out to because it's just, we, it just doesn't feel right. And, and you know, maybe we did, or we didn't feel a good vibe talking to the owner or something like that. So we have, you know, to your point, we have come across things like that, but we try, like, like Steve said, we're as respectful as possible. And we always tell this to a place when we go in, whether there's spirits there or not. When we're doing an investigation, we always say, you know, we're guests, we're here, you know, this is your, we're, we're guests to you. So, you know, we're, we, we don't want to conjure up anything. We don't want to be rude, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's, um, and whether it's, whether we feel we're in a legitimate place or whether we feel it's, somebody BSing us, we're still gonna act the same way. And, you know, in my line of work, I, I'm a director of security for a casino in Niagara Falls in Buffalo. And I've seen a lot of stuff in the real world, you know, that's- I'm sure. So <laughs> when, uh, and I've been doing it for 16 years now. And um, so when some of the stuff said, like, I do try to give people credence because sometimes perception is reality and it might be real to them, even if what they're experiencing mm -hmm something legitimate and we try to you know maybe reel that back in sometimes and explain stuff as best as we can because there might be legitimate explanations because when people are afraid sometimes you forget that you take out the rationale you know sure sure yeah, absolutely i'm gonna go back to just for a moment the clip there of the shadow person that you have steve you're sitting there you're reviewing the evidence you go holy hell I got to call Mike or whatever, or you got to come up here, down here and see this. Where does it go from there? Now, are you, are you guys talking to each other saying, okay, this is where I was, you know, this is the equipment that we had. Um, you know, he wasn't moving or like, how do you go about that? How do, 
how do you go through that process to make sure that it wasn't somebody Probably else? actually pretty close to what you just described where yeah. we try and recall, okay, Mike, you were in this chair, Steve was standing over here. And it's a lot of it is what you just described yeah. and just trying to recreate. Some of these places have IR cameras of their own security systems. Oh, so we, got, we know where the spotlight is for that. Does it cast a shadow over here? We'll go back through like the older footage to try to see what it looks like when Greg stands up or what it looks like when Mike stands up. And a lot of times I won't even call, I, I don't call him until I do that stuff. Okay. I don't, once I rule all that stuff out, that's when I'm like, Mike, you got to get over here. And, and we have like a, a group text with everybody in our group and there'll be times where it'll just be a random whatever Sunday night and Steve will say, all right, do you guys remember when we were at Iron Island and this happened? Do you remember hearing this at this time? Like, so there is a lot of communication and, you know, that's one other great thing about having, you know, technological advances that we do right now, just being able to message each other like that. Like, like I said, doing this 30 years ago, snail mail, snail, right. yeah. <laughs> or like call calling Steve up or Steve calling us up. Like every time he wanted to verify some information from a video, like it, it's uh, yeah, we, we pretty much just recreate. Yeah. It's nice. Cause I could send you the clip right now, like right then and there. And these guys can watch it on their phones and be like, no, that wasn't this. Sure. Yeah. Um, you mind if I share my screen again? We check out some more uh, of sure. the Virgin. No. Right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. The barn at the Bergen House. Yeah. Let's see. Make sure I got this right. What kind of beer are you drinking? Uh, this is uh, the leftovers of my Oktoberfest. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always get sad. Uh, when the Oktoberfest goes away. <laughs> and all the Christmas beers start coming out. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not quite into the, all the Christmas beers, all the, um, me neither, yeah. you know, the, the nutmeg and stuff. It's not <laughs> quite me. So, um, let's see. Okay, can you guys see my screen? Yep. Yep. All right, cool. So, for anybody who's going to be watching this, look to the lower right right in here. You're going to see something kind of interesting. Now, this goes on for... I think about eight minutes is what you guys said, right? Um, yeah. So we obviously won't play the whole eight minutes, but. I'm... So this clip that's online too is, uh, it contains a sped up version because it's easier to see when it's sped up. And um, it also contains the full eight minute version if people really wanted to kind of go through that, like if other paranormal groups. There's been a couple that reached out to us and checked it out. Oh, is that so, right? Uh, yeah, uh, that have been to the Bergen house and were telling us about their experiences in the barn. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Gotcha. Now, there are some things that you can see, which is clearly dust, right? But that's not what we're talking yes. about here. Correct, um, correct. Yeah, this, the, well, whatever's there is about the size of maybe a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller than a baseball, we're assuming, just based on everything that's around it. And uh, really, it comes, the, the easiest to see, too, and pick up on it is when the cat walks in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's try to, let's see. I think it might be more towards the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. There and uh, so, yeah, so I initially it was, I had slowed it down to watch the cat, you know, uh, just because it, it, you know, I'll be watching it, I'll be watching it, you're looking for something different, and you can kind of see it right there. Yeah. And what we know as far as dust, I've watched over my time of watching all these different hunts, I've seen 
billions of dust particles going in front of the camera as well as bugs. So this uh, definitely, when you watch it at regular speed, you can see right now it's kind of streaking yeah. uh, going so quick, but um, at the regular speed, it definitely like that was like a bug that flew right. Yeah. And uh, whatever this is, it, it, it lasted for eight minutes after I started watching it for a little bit. I'm like, that's weird. And then I went back a little bit and I'm like, Oh, it goes back further. And then I watched it. I was like, Holy cow. Thing goes on for, uh, for quite a while. Yeah. So this one stumped me. I, um, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I, my gut reaction was, Oh, it's a bug, but no, I don't, there's no, I, I don't think that's a bug. Um, it's transparent. Uh, the bugs yeah. will be, yeah. Like you said, and, uh, you know, like our, our thought process when I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, none of us are there right now. You know, like, is it a flashlight? And then I, wa I went back to some of the flashlight that, you know, Mike and Jay had when they were in the back there and when they came out. And, you know, there was nothing that was anywhere near similar to what it could have been. We were all in the house anyways at that time. This was recording just, we left it out to record uh, while we were at our uh, mobile command center. It's interesting that the cat was interacting with it. Yeah. 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 The, the barn is probably the hot spot that we felt that night. The house was surprisingly cool as far as activity, but I mean, that's just one night, you know, like we were talking about the tornado thing. Right. The next would be tornado alley. Yeah. Uh, the barn was the active place for us that night. Mike uh, felt his camera get pushed that night um, while he was there. Um, we had our camera lose power, Greg's camera lose power, and the spirit box lose power all within maybe about 10 or 15 minutes. And then, fully uh, charged or, or decent charge. Yep, fully and, charged. Uh, yeah, you can now, see that, whatever it is going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I got nothing, gentlemen. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 if someone says, is that a ghost, I would look and I would say, I don't know what that is. I know, but not something that's normal and yeah it was um i was reading um i forget i think it was the haunted atlas of western new york by amanda woomer and um she i think recounted a story of people seeing black orbs or black thing you know or, or like black circles around the barn area uh -huh. so i was just like i remember reading it somewhere if it wasn't there it was somewhere but i was just like oh okay i was like well that makes sense because this is infrared light a lot of the colors are reversed what would it look like, you know, like with the, our eyes? Would it look white like it looks on camera or does is it devoid of color? Because when I'm wearing black shoes in that, my shoes look white, you know? So it's an interesting thing to think about. I don't know what yep. it would look like if we saw it with our own eyes. So have you had, you said that um, other people who have investigated reached out to you and you showed, has anybody else had any other suggestions of what that could possibly be? Um, the, the paranormal group suggested it was possibly um, the the energy of a person that hung themselves there. That I don't know. I don't know if it's energy associated with a person, if it's some sort of paranormal thing as far as this is a non-sentient thing. I, I don't know exactly what it could be, no. um, but it's definitely, uh, it's not normal to see that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so <clears throat> I will, uh, I'll put links to these clips uh, for anybody who's interested in watching them, um, I suggest you do because they're very interesting. Even if you're just listening to this audio, go over to YouTube. I'll put their channel on there and yeah, you got to check them out. It's pretty rad. Um, orbs. What are orbs, gentlemen? <laughs> Is it dust? Is it? I, 
You know, I've heard a lot of paranormal investigators say that orbs are nothing. Orbs are dust. They're bugs. They're nothing paranormal. Um, we got a couple of interesting ones. But yeah, that, that's just it. Like, it'll be like a lot of things where there might be a handful of times where something will happen. We think it's an orb and it's just, we can't explain it. We can't explain the directions it takes or just the, the flow of it or the, the shape or the transparency of it. Um, you know, because if it's in a room where there's dust flying around, you know, if we, cause we'll set up in basements, there's a lot of times where we'll have cameras in basements and basements are dusty places. And, um, there's a there's an episode of ours, um, the second episode of the first season, Wayne County Museum. Now Wayne County, um, Lyons, New York, uh, on the um, the west side of Rochester, right? Uh, east side, east side. Of east Rochester. side. Yep. And, uh, a little bit past Fall Myer there, and um, what we caught there was an orb, probably about the size again of a baseball. So that seems to kind of be like the size that we're seeing. Move down the hallway, past a set of Hot Wheels cars we had set out in this hallway. We caught it on our static surveillance cameras. And then it moves behind the banister. So you see the banister cutting. So you know it's definitely not dust because you could yeah. say, well, the dust is close to the lens. That's why it looks so big. Well, you watch it travel down the hallway, then go behind the banister and go into a room. And as it does that, it reflects up, which is the weirdest thing. None of us are up there. So it's not a flashlight. It's not headlights because we watched headlights go past it all night. They had no effect on that window. They had no effect on anything. And then there's also this weird floating, and this is the one my friend says looks like toilet paper, but this weird floating shape in that episode. It's about 14 minutes long. Um, and it just, I, I don't even know what to call it because it's not a circle. It's like a floating thing. I yeah. don't even know what to put. It looks like ectoplasm. You know, you see those old pictures yeah. from the hundreds where it's, they shoot out these fake streamers. Like, that's what it looks like. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's how, it, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, we watch the footage. You're like, hmm, I don't know. So, it, it, but there's, we'll set, the way it goes is, you know, we'll whittle down the footage and there might be a couple of things and I'm like, you know what? It, it could be dust. It's not worth putting in. So yeah, if there's even like, if there's the chance of like, you know, all right, well, it, it could be like, we just, we just assume that, okay, even if it's a 1% chance that it's dust, okay, we'll just assume that, all right, it's, we'll assume it's dust and not talk about it because then, Anybody can say, well, all right, that could be dust. And we'll be like, you're right, it could be. So then what's the point of even, you right. know, yeah. having that discussion? So it, it's, unless it is, you know, like like the other evidence we catch, unless it's super clear and, you know, we've had those times where it's just, we're sitting here stumped, like no other explanation, no, um, we just, we, we're, rec we're racking, our, racking our brains trying to figure it out. Also at the Wayne County Museum, uh, what's cool to check out in that episode and what we also catch is, some sort of cloudy mass on the stairs. And uh, so we set up the camera at the bottom of the basement stairs. And earlier that night, our friend Greg went down there. He really didn't like it. We all got bad vibes in the basement there. So I, I was speaking with the owner in the front office and Mike and the rest of the investigators were in the back trying to get the uh, surveillance camera set up. And they noticed the, the light in the basement um, went on, turned on. And uh, so they came over to me and we were in the front office and they're like, Steve, did you just turn the basement light on? I'm like, no, we were right here talking. So we went back and at that time we had like an iPad type monitor and we really couldn't see anything other than the light turning on. But when I put it on the computer screen, you could see like some sort of cloud mist thing shoots up and then the lights go on and none of us were over there. We were like, wow. 
yeah, yeah. So, uh, i don't know what it was but it was we we had this weird vibe in the basement we didn't like it and then all of a sudden none of us are down there the light goes on and then when you watch it you see like this weird kind of cloud thing and it shoots right up and mm-hmm. So, I guess, what advice would you have for somebody who, I don't know, feels like maybe that there is, that they're encountering some sort of haunting or something paranormal going on in their home? Would you have any suggestions? Um, My first thing I would suggest to that person is, is to not feed into the things that they've seen in movies and seen in shows, um, just because those things can really induce fear because you might think, you know, your life is in danger. And, you know, really when you look at the cases that happen, very little, there's very little times when somebody gets actually hurt, you know? Um, so I would, I would suggest first to the person, you know, to, to think rationally about it and to step away from those types of things and to read up on it. And it, a lot of the things that can affect it is the people and their reaction to it. And in some cases, um, and this goes back even back to the Bell Witch, the old Bell Witch tales in Tennessee. Um, you know, the resurgence of the Bell Witch after seven years and the family ignored it and it decided to move on. You know, in a lot of cases, you do see um, people talk about how they ignored the things that were going on and is it them just tuning it out? And then all of a sudden there's not that connection there between? Could be. Um, it could be whatever it is, is trying to get their attention, knows it's not going to get in and moves on. But people can choose not to interact with it. And I think that, you know, that's a big part of it. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And then really, if things keep pushing and a person's uncomfortable is, is then to maybe look to some local groups, everybody has a, a community group that will probably be able to look into something like that for them and, you know, research them a little bit. Everybody's got a little bit of history on the internet nowadays, just give it a little Google and, and also and, just research, just Google quick, um, where you live, like just did something happen there? I mean, the house that we went to, it turns out, was it a train-in area for War of 1812? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, so, like, there was yeah. a lot of soldiers in that area, and there was a lot of death in that area. A lot of limestone, the reservoirs up there in Niagara <clears throat> County, yeah. Yeah, that just this person didn't know. And um, so just research in the area could shed some sort of it might not give you answers but it might get it might not give you ways to say eliminate whatever issue you're having but it could okay maybe help you learn how to deal with it or learn okay maybe this could be this or just something of that nature is there some sort of correlation between limestone and energy uh i thought i've heard that somewhere i don't know where it was but um there's a lot of people that do think that different types of crystals, just like with the dowsing rods and the metals and, and conductivity for energy, um, there is a belief out there that certain rocks or certain minerals um, just have the ability to, to, I don't know, act like a, like a lightning rod or an yeah. antenna of sorts. Uh, they, and it's so popular, like that's what they <laughs> reference in Ghostbusters. They're talking about, you know, um, what's the guy's Ivan Shandor that built that, the, the big antenna that yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. About what used in the building and all that stuff and it's kind of cool because like unless you're into that stuff you, kinda, you don't it's just you, another movie line yeah. yeah same thing with Beetlejuice you know you I was watching Beetlejuice <laughs> the other day I hadn't watched it in maybe 15 years and uh, just the idea of someone sat there and was like okay how come ghosts can't leave houses well maybe there's these giant sandworms and if you step out the door you're on Saturn you know like right. it's, it really is cool like yeah. think about yeah. that stuff oh. Wait, in addition to limestone like um you know, water. water, water has been, we have found a big conductor of just that flow and energy in places along 
the Erie Canal, we have found yeah. an abundance of activities, just buildings that are close to the canal or lakes. A lot, lot of energy in Erie Canal, a lot of residual energy that runs along there. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if every community you went to had a large number of like hauntings along there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, love it. I love it that you guys are so close because like I know all these places that you're talking about. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. It makes it more fun for me anyways. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. Right, right. You talk about Mighty Taco and you know what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, paranormal, horror movie, scary movie. What, what's your favorite? I got to ask. I, I'm going Poltergeist. The, Poltergeist. The, the first Poltergeist because it was probably that movie. It was probably one of the first horror movies that I saw, and it just. I think what scared me the most was the steak, the the steak with the maggots, <laughs> the the fact that it was just happening in this house to this regular family, and that just kind of, I guess, resonated with me like that. Like I've never been into like slasher films or like the Jason Freddy Krueger stuff like. Um, that stuff has never really um, just stuck with me. But yeah, Poltergeist is probably up there for me. And, and even just like the uh, the tree outside the boy's window, like just the, it had such a, a an effect of just that, I guess, realism, just, okay, you know, those slasher films, everything is super gory. And just, it's so, it's it's made to be a movie where, poltergeist that that could have been that could be my house like and and it's just you know so like that and like um the paranormal activity movies just like you know people have you know up and down opinions of those and you know i don't even remember which numbers i saw but um <laughs> well the first one was great I mean, yeah, the first, I think it, it was one and two that i saw yeah um, the third one was whatever but you know it, it's those those ones that I, I can kind of put myself in and just be like, ah, that, that's, that's what would scare me going to bed being like, what if I go downstairs and all my covered doors are open now all of a sudden? Like, right. it, so that, that's definitely where, where that sits for me. I was, yeah. I was six years old when I saw The Exorcist and I wasn't supposed to watch it, but I did. <laughs> and I still have issues watching that movie to this day. Like I, I just, I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I've never been a, a religious guy. Uh, I guess you call me a deist. I, I believe that, yeah, there's probably something out there, but uh, mm. yeah, there's just something about that movie. Just thinking that just some random person can just become possessed by something. Now, obviously it's Hollywood, but uh, yeah. No, I don't know. It, the movie is Hollywood, but have you ever read into the story behind it? A little bit, uh, and then I got really freaked yeah. out, and I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's along the lines of the demonologist. You know, we were talking about the demonologist, yeah. and that's the, that. That stuff is the scary stuff. You know, mm, even yeah. us don't want to deal with that stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> but what about your horror movies, Steve? Yeah. For me, I would have to say uh, Last Action Hero. No, uh, <laughs> not, I love Last Action Hero. Um, no, I would say uh, I am a big Stephen King fan recently, actually, because I've I really never read much before. I liked more like nonfiction history type stuff. Uh, but really, uh, as I've been working on my own fiction writings, um, I started really getting into Stephen King. So uh, I would say for me, I loved The Shining. I saw it on um, Joe Bob Briggs used to have Monster uh, Madness on Friday nights. Oh, yeah, I um, remember. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw the censored version of it. Uh, it was maybe 97, 98. And then, um, then I bought the DVD and I was like, wow, this is just 
so amazing, this level of talent. And Dr. Sleep, for them to be able to go back almost, what, 40 years you're talking about after the original came out. The original came out in 1980. Dr. Sleep came out in 2019. To be so faithful to the original and still keep with Stephen King's vision, like, I, I think Dr. Sleep is a phenomenal movie. I never uh, saw that. I'm going to have to check it out. Ewan McGregor, I mean, last year he, <sighs> what, he did that one and then he did Birds of Prey where he played Black Mask. Mm. And uh, he just knocked that one out of the park too. He's a phenomenal actor. Mm. But uh, Dr. Sleep was really cool. There's some really tense moments in Dr. Sleep, especially with, you know, with us being parents uh, that really, you, it's, it, it's like that Pet cemetery thing where you don't want to keep on watching because right. you don't want to see something that's in your worst nightmares. Yeah. And they visit it in Dr. Sleep. You know, huh. it's not gory. It's not jump scarish. The tension's there and it's well done. Huh. You, you know what's amazing about Stephen King is like he was lit most of the time that he was writing, at least like back <laughs> in like the 80s and stuff. Like some of his classics, like I think he said he doesn't even remember writing them. And yep, right, know, right. That's just, that's amazing to me that I don't know. Genius, pure genius. Would you say The Exorcist is uh, your go-to? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, probably. Just, you know, because that one still, for some the reason. The impact they had on it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't scare me anymore, but it's still, I remember that feeling, uh, stepping into my friend's living room. His parents were watching it, and I was kind of watching it from the side, and it, I was, yeah, it, I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. Uh, but then, you know, I like the Paranormal Activity movie too. I thought that was actually really well done, and it came out yeah, of nowhere. No, I, I did too. So, Josh, did you get to check out the new Universe or Universal, the new um, Unsolved Mysteries yet on Netflix? Yes, yes, I did. My wife and I have been watching it. Yeah, I uh, yet. What's that? The one on Fukushima. Did you see that one yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was cool. wild. Yep. Yeah, so to just give you a little bit of background, Mike, is after the tsunami and the earthquake, is um, they started getting these reports of ghosts in the area, people trying to get home, and these taxi cab drivers, they have all these taxi cab drivers that people would get in, they'd start their fare to drive them, and they'd be like dripping wet, even though it'd be like the middle of summer out, and then the driver gets to the destination, and the people in the backseat are gone. Really? It happened yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yep. Just all these ghosts. There's just like sociologists collecting ghost stories from then because of really? all this stuff that happened. It was very yeah. interesting. So yeah. Yeah, it's wild. You gotta you gotta check it out. I, uh, you know, I love it um, that they're paying you know homage to Robert Stack. You know, especially in the beginning in the intro there. It's kind of weird not having a host. You know, uh, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've enjoyed it, and uh, I think they're doing a, a great job with it. So, gentlemen, I've had you on for an hour and a half now. Uh, I think we could keep going and going and going. I think uh, I really okay. enjoyed talking with you guys. Um, no, likewise. And actually, yeah. I just have one question: like, what yeah. got what has got your interest in the paranormal? Like, where where does that come from for you? Um, man, I um, so. I don't know, man. Ever since I was a kid, there's just, I read my first UFO book when I was a kid and I was like, what is going on here? You know? Um, right, right. So, so UFOs led into ghosts and, um, you know, I've never, uh, seen anything that I could consider to be a ghost or a spirit or anything like that. Um, I've had one encounter, uh, overseas, um, a little outside of Fallujah in Iraq uh, with me and a, a, a 
bunch of other guys too, um, looking up in the air uh, through night vision and seeing multiple craft, extremely high altitudes, um, pulling maneuvers. I, I'm, I'm not a physicist, but I can't explain the things that we saw. And it was pretty wild. Um, wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> again, I'm not saying it's little green men. I don't know. Who knows? Right. Maybe, maybe it's a top secret, you know, military aircraft or something, or you know, space force or something like. That. I don't know. Um, but that was pretty wild. It was cool, and that's probably the only experience I've ever had that I can even say is paranormal. Um, I don't know. I've always just I've been very very interested. In it. I like the idea of it. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, it, it's always interested me. I just, um, oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I used to watch Ghost Hunters back in the day. I still, I remember it was, uh, what's that lighthouse that's down in St. Augustine? Yeah, um, St. Augustine Lighthouse. Yeah. Did you guys, I don't know if you ever watched that show really or if you ever saw this episode, but there was an episode where these guys had a camera pointing up and you could see something. It looked over the rail mm-hmm. and then it was going up and up and up. Yeah. Dude, I remember the hairs on my arms stood up <laughs> watching that. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that is nuts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That, like, got me was, uh, it was a it was a different lighthouse, and they had left the camera up in one of the top rooms, and they had left, and they left the camera running, and something moved and pulled the chair, and there was nothing in there. Mm. And I was just like, I remember that. It was like, right when it came out. It was like the first or second season, along when they yeah. had it's like yeah. that's really kind of what it was like maybe we can go to these places yeah, that yeah. Was, really that's where it started it was around 06 that we did the swish la one yeah. yeah you know hey anybody can say what they will about those guys but they definitely started something i mean oh for sure yeah yeah you know for sure and, and i think it's a good thing you know yeah, uh more people who are like yourselves who are looking for i guess i want to call it the truth look at x files about it but uh you know i think that's great you know uh the more evidence you guys can collect and yeah i'm i'm on board man i am i am uh fans of you guys and i'm going to continue to follow you and uh i hope you guys come back yeah Yeah, 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 and you know, we do, yeah, and we do. We'll have to uh, meet up because we do a lot of hunts, you know, out in the Rochester area. In uh, anytime, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, love to have you guys back on the show at some point, and uh, anytime, anytime. Yeah, do you have any get... members of haunted places down there? Let us know, and I sure will. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you have. Uh, Mike and Steve from At the Gates Paranormal. What a what a ride this has been. Uh, this has been really really cool. Yeah. All right. So I will keep in touch with you guys, and uh, like I said, I'll put all your information in there. Um, so you can spread the word. And uh, yeah, no, and and you know when you get this out and and put this up wherever, you know, let us know, and we'll we'll push it forward too, and and get it out there as much as we can. Yep. Cool. Sounds good. Hey guys, thanks again. I really appreciate it. No, anytime, man. Take care. All right, take care. Bye now. Bye.